recording? Yep. Recording started. There we go. All right. Cool, Mike. Cool, 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 cool. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Mohegan Lake, New York. My name, Keith Farrell, joined, as always, by the number one jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. What's good, people? You Mike's, like the flizz? Mike's Mike's feeling the beat right now, feeling that Dre underneath him. Wookie, I didn't forget about you, pal. Okay? You know he's here, everybody. The number one tight end in the history of Division One football. You know him, you love him. The big Wookie. What's up, everybody? What's going on, everybody? <laughs> What's up, everybody? Coming at you on the new platform. Mike, what's this called again? What's the new platform StreamYard. StreamYard here. Got a few more bells and whistles added to the mix here. Okay, guys, trying to catch up with the times. 2022, make it pop more for the screen when you guys watch ABG. Just know we're always investing, always trying to do better, always trying to improve here at the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. Lot to get to. I've been gone for about 10 days. Been on vacation, guys. Okay, I went to Nashville. I climbed Mount Mitchell, the highest mountain on the eastern seaboard, guys. My boys saw the picture. I have proof. I saw SummerSlam. I saw Ric Flair's last match. Now I'm back. Time to catch up on those New York Jets, Mike. And we have a lot to get to right now. Now, we know you want to hear about the progress everyone's been going through in camp. You want to hear about the stars of camp. We're going to talk green and white scrimmage, okay? We're going to talk Zach. We're going to preview this Eagles and Jets game. But first and foremost, we have to talk about what Mekhi Becton, Michael, I don't even know where to start with this. This has been a topic for you and I for months. I mean, last year it was a big topic because he got hurt, and that kind of set us back. This year, again, looks like he's going to be out for the season, has the kneecap injury. A lot of opinions, different directions with Becton here. Uh, I I really feel bad for the kid as a human first before being a Jet fan. You do feel bad for him. It's another setback for him in his career. As a Jet fan, though, super disappointing, Mike. Um, that he's hurt again. He might just be, you've said this, and we said this jokingly, kind of in jest, he might be too gigantic of a human to be playing this sport and moving around like he's trying to do against other NFL-level guys. It turns out that might be the case, Michael. Before we get into the, some of these things with Makai Becton, what was your reaction when you saw he went down? At first, they said it was bad. Then they said it might be okay, Mike. Then we found out the bad news is out for the season. How are you feeling about it, Mike? I'm sick. It's terrible. It's horrible news for the Jets, for Becton, for everyone, for Zach Wilson. You know, depending on what JD does, if he goes gets Dwayne Brown, like he was at the green and white scrimmage, and we know that um, he's interested in playing. He has a history with Salah. Dwayne Brown, I think, would be an upgrade over um, Moses from last year. So I still think we would actually increase as far as value. But, you know, what could have been? You know, Becton is an elite prospect. This guy has nimble feet. He is as big as a planet. And he literally steam shovels humans out of the way. And then having him and, you know, ABT just pushing the run blocking on the right side. I just had dreams of Brees Hall and what's going to happen. Now, I still think Brees Hall is going to be a beast. But, you know, it's just uh, disappointing in that. We really locked in on Becton. He was the first pick that JD ever made. And unfortunately, the truth is, I don't think he's going to be playing in the NFL anymore. I mean, he may have a future, but I don't know if it's going to be with the Jets. Yeah. Eight, basically, guys, I know he played 14 of 16 games technically as a rookie. But as all Jet fans know, he left four or five of those games early and didn't play the whole game. So what? We've had eight or nine full games 
Adam McKay Becton in two seasons. And then when the smoke clears after this season, the Jets will have played 50 games since they drafted him. And he's only played eight or nine of them. So to say he's a disappointment, I don't think is overstating the situation. Um, the big bust label that he went with, I know he wore those shirts around that said big bust, overweight, lazy, you know, out of shape and all those type of things. Um, those might be valuable on the market now because they all seem to be coming true. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry to say it that way. But I saw some articles. Uh, Mark Nazaro in the post said you should have compassion for him and not have contempt and not be angry. And I get that because before we're Jet fans, like I said earlier, we're human beings. So my heart does go out to the kid in that sense. You know, it's kind of a bummer, a setback life-wise. But again, let me just remind people when they want – writers want to talk about having compassion for professional athletes – we're just looking at our team and how this affects the team, at least me, okay? People want to get personal and say mean things to Makai Beckett on Twitter. I'm not involved in that world. That's just stupidity to begin with. But you're allowed as a Jet fan to be upset. I mean, this isn't a police officer or a union worker or a teacher or a garbage man who got hurt and can't work anymore and is on disability. He made $13 million the past two years. Makai Beckett's fine. So easy with the compassion for him and trying to do the bleeding heart route. Jet fans right now are allowed to be like, what the F? You know, what could have been, like Mike said. Um, you know, we smoked so much about him the last few years. We just had to get to that. Kind of disappointing, Mike. The other options, like you said, I think Dwayne Brown is a decent option. Now, people will say he's a little older, but he made a Pro Bowl last year. You know, I know in his career, he's been super consistent. 2012, 13, and 14 made the Pro Bowl. 2021 made the Pro Bowl again. He's played in 203 games. The NFL started every single one of them. Now, he's missed games in his career, don't get me wrong. But, guys, you look at the last four years, 65 games his teams have played. He's played in 61 of them. So, at least you know the guy is consistent. You know he's going to play at a high level. Um, some other guys out there, Brandon Shell's out there, Brian Bulaga, Tevin Jenkins, I hear the Bears have a new regime there. They're kind of shopping them. I don't know if you have any interest in him, Mike. It seems like Brown might be the most logical option. And we had him in. He was here during the green and white scrimmage. Who's on the sideline. He might be someone that fits in in a natural way. Um, but before we move on, Mike, to the green and white scrimmage, which I do want to get to. I don't want to harp too much on Becton. I don't want to get too negative to start the podcast off. But, Bookie, you've been riding with us here since we drafted Becton, right? you kind of seen the whole maturation here, the injuries and stuff like that. What was your reaction when you saw he went down? And, again, he's out for the season. Uh, like you said, as, as a human being, I feel bad for the kid. Um I haven't hurt myself as well playing football. I know what that's like. But um, in terms of the setback in his life and his career, yeah, I totally I feel for him. But, again, you guys are right. This is sports. We're fans. So when something like this uh, catastrophic happens, especially to one of the people that we were put, you know, putting so much into, uh, it's rightfully so to be upset, disappointed, and, like you said, Keith, go, you know, WTF. Like, what is going on? Yeah, exactly. So well, it's, it's like, not it's not like you don't care for the guy, however Samini or whoever the writer was said it. That's a little, you're right, a little bleeding heart. Like, come on, he's going to be fine. His children are going to be fine. His grandchildren yeah. will be fine. But on a human level, I totally yeah. get and I agree with what you said. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Jet fans are more looking at it from a selfish standpoint of our team. The Jets had this piece we thought we'd have and we drafted so high and we pretty much have gotten nothing out of it. So. That 2020 draft class now is officially probably one of the worst in recent memory. Now, 2021, much better. 2022 on paper looks like one of the greatest of all time. We have to see how that shakes out, guys. We thought 2020 looked pretty good, too. But, man, that draft class is taking a hit here, Mike. But let's get into that green and white scrimmage, Michael, because a lot of notes come out of that. 
And I want to get into see what your thoughts were, because from what I saw, Mike, or I should say from what I've read, Zach Wilson looked pretty good. At this point, a year ago, when we played the green and white scrimmage, Zach looked horrible in that game. Multiple interceptions, had no idea what he was doing. Offense couldn't move the ball. And remind you, everybody, the Jets' offense last year was the worst. Excuse me, the Jets' defense last year was the worst defense in the NFL. And that's the defense he struggled against and couldn't do anything against last year. Flip to this year, Zach's making big-time throws, being very decisive, putting the ball into tight windows, which you want to see. A great pass to Barrios there. Mike, what was your kind of takeaways at a whole with the green and white scrimmage, but also when it comes to Zach, what you heard of his performance in this game, at least in comparison to last year? Well, I thought this was a good performance marker, to your point. Last season, same type of, you know, all OTAs, starting the NFL, all that, getting into training camp, and first under the lights, struggled. And we were like, oh, okay, you know, he was a little bit inaccurate. You could tell he was a bit rattled. Yo, the first possession, dude was like perfect. And we're going to get into camp and what's been going on with Mr. Zach, but... It wasn't just the fact that he went and threw a touchdown. It was that if you look at the first team offense against the first team defense, right? You see someone who was able to distribute the ball to multiple receivers. Okay. It wasn't just hitting Corey Davis, Corey Davis, Corey Davis. It was uh, Elijah. It was Conklin. It was dumping off to the RB touchdown, right? That was excellent to see. I loved some of the uh, one-on-one drills that was going on, some of the position battles. Um, but overall, my greatest takeaway. Now, I know Zach threw an interception later on to Delvon uh, to Phillips, um, and I know that some of the drives stalled, started to stall in the second half. Understood, but honestly, you could look at that as the defense adjusted and was able to stop the offense. So. Hey, kudos, right? Kudos to, to the defense for being able to get up in there and stop Zach Wilson in the red zone. So overall, I was really encouraged to see what I saw in the green and white scrimmage. I love seeing the fans. The fireworks were sick. I wish I was there. Um, but overall, Zach Wilson from the screen and white scrimmage was the greatest takeaway. I saw a confident quarterback making key decisions, executing the offense with command. I like to see it. Yeah, getting rid of the ball quickly, too, is what you heard a lot of the writers say that were there in attendance, which is what you want to hear. Don't hold on to that ball like you did last year, Zach. Get rid of it. Get Throw it out of bounds. Do what you got to do. That seemed to be what he did in this game. Looked pretty good. He had the interception there with Delshawn Phillips. Dropped by Corey Davis. The drop by Jeff Smith, too, and a couple great passes by Zach. So I think overall, like Mike said, we mentioned this on the previous podcast, the kind of things we were looking at here in preseason and training camp. Okay, what are we focusing in on? Obviously, one of them is Zach Wilson. And you kind of have these markers last season and this season to see, did he get better or did he not? This first marker, a minor one, he passed. And he looks much better, which you want to hear. I know Sauce played very well, Mike, in coverage. Had a couple uh, pass blocks. Had a couple times he's right on dudes and they couldn't catch the ball, which is what you want to hear as well. Star of the game, Tyler Conklin. (laughs) Now, we said that we thought, Michael, I told you, I thought... Even though we signed Uzoma, from what I saw from Conklin last year, he's the type of guy that could maybe be the long-term answer here at tight end. I know we drafted Ruckert, but I really like him a lot. His yards after the catch is amazing for a tight end. 
kind of a lower, not, not kind of under the radar guy, right? Which is why a lot of Jack fans didn't think too much of him. Brought Uzoma in, we brought him in, we drafted Rucker. Maybe he's lost in the mix. Seems like Zach Wilson loves him though, Mike. At least from training camp and this green and white scrimmage, seems like we might have a weapon here at tight end with Tyler Conklin. Yeah. So uh, again, once we start getting into uh, the camp, we're going to realize that. Zach Wilson never really used the tight ends back last year. And this year, once he started getting rapport with Uzama and starting getting rapport with uh, Conklin, um, you started seeing the New York Jet offense click. And my goodness, we all thought CJ Uzama was going to be the main um, get, if you will, in the offseason. But there were analysts and those watching the Jets saying, you know what, really, Tyler Conklin may have the greatest upside. And I think we're beginning to see that here. When you look at camp each and every day, Zach is finding him all over the field. They are developing a chemistry that is pretty unique and pretty uh, quarterback friendly. Last year, Zach really struggled with those easy throws, if everybody remembers. He had struggles with trying to dump off the pass, struggles with the quick checkdowns. He was always trying to make do things, and that caught him up with getting sacked. Tyler Conklin is going to be a best friend of his. So is Reese Hall. Um, so I'm really excited. I, I can ask the resident tight end expert, Nick Kronk, what do you think about how valuable a tight end can be for a young quarterback? Yo, before he answers that, is that control D thing on the bottom of the screen? I'll edit this out. It's supposed to be on there. See, it says press control D. Or is that just my my screen? That's just you. I All right, no problem. It. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Wookie. Sorry. Oh, no. Um, I'm sorry, Mike. What was the question again? I said, is having a uh, good, reliable uh, tight end important for a young quarterback's growth? Oh, I think absolutely. Uh, you, they, you, they're usually referred to as the safety blanket, as everybody seems to uh, want to use that terminology. And also safety blankets as running backs coming out of the backfield, which Paul should be able to handle as well. So I think having two competent tight ends after him not having, I, I'm, I, I don't know, any tight ends really of, of, of worth, maybe when he gets more comfortable into the system, now he can find those little check downs. He knows where the tight ends are going to be, and that goes back to the building rapport between the quarterback and the tight end because if he knows where you're going to be as that last option, okay, I know he's always going to be here. He's reliable. If I get into trouble, one and two aren't there, I can throw to this guy, and he can make something happen. I think that's tremendous for him, and he's got two of those guys now that can help him out this season and moving forward. Yeah, and maybe even Rucker will be one too as well. So you rarely see a team that have three viable tight ends, but it looks like we might be in that situation now. And Conklin might be a surprise for people this year. Definitely, man, big fan here on AEBG of Tyler Conklin. Excited to see what he does with Zach Wilson here in this offense. Now, Mike, let's get into our boy Zach, and let's get into some of the other stars here and some of the other news and notes from training camp. All right, we've had two weeks under our belt here, Mike, where we haven't had a chance to talk about it. A bunch of guys have shined and flashed. Some of them were guys we thought would. Maybe a few surprises here, Mike. You want to walk everybody through how training camp's gone so far and maybe some of the stars of training camp? Absolutely. Guys, Dennis Wozniak, he is one of the best beat writers for the New York Jets. And I follow him all the time. And what I love about Dennis is that he puts out a lot of these little uh, emojis for each camp. And it kind of just gives you a summary quickly on who did what. So I'm going to just quickly go through 
all the different camps highlighting who is really killing it which days and then we'll get into really who the stars are so kicking off training camp day one denzel mims open the gate grabbing passes from mike white from joe flacco really shining on the scene and he has been a story really from the beginning that he's in shape the co the coaches are happy with him he's got a good attitude he thinks he should be starting so he's been really balling out from from day one at training camp and that showed right off the bat dj reed i can't speak enough about this young man all through camp he's been killing it he i know he has a hamstring injury currently but from the first practice superstar He's intercepted Zach a couple of times, not just because Zach maybe was inaccurate, but because of his veteran instincts. This guy is all over the field, one of the best pickups that we've had, and really he's been a star so far, you know, in camp going through. We got Zach Wilson, first day, was doing his thing. Again, command, quick reads, not holding the ball, being able to move the offense. First practice he opened up, he did really, really well. And same with Tyler Complin. Carl Lawson was strong, but he wasn't really flexing at that time. D-line in practice two killed it. Huff, Martin, Curry, Thomas, killing it. The D-line was all over the place. And I'll tell you the one thing, this kid D Mar uh, Martin, who we got from, from the Houston Texans, guys, watch out for him, okay? Because he's been getting to Zach every day and all day. So he was shining week day two. Brees Hall, Elijah Moore, right away, day two, doing their thing. Sauce Gardner was already on the come up. Three, practice three, Corey Davis killed it. Quinnen Williams started killing it. Garrett Wilson starts flashing. Zach Wilson had an up and up, up and down day. This is where Zach Wilson started struggling a little bit. Um, he, did, he started off first two days good. Then the next couple of days, he was up and down. Some interceptions, some back and forth, three and outs. Uh, you know, again, this is what happens, learning the offense and whatnot. Day four and five, you know, Joe Flacco all of a sudden just starts murdering it. People are like, oh, my God, does this guy a first round quarter or a starting quarterback of the National Football League? Joe Flacco? I don't know. He was doing his thing. OK, hitting Mims, hitting Garrett Wilson, hitting the second and third, third teams. I mean, he, he was really doing his thing. And I think that, Keith that Joe Flacco is really going to put my, uh, JD in a tough position with Mike White. We'll talk about that later, but Joe Flacco is showing that he will be a good backup to which we may not even really need to have a developmental Mike White, but we'll we'll see what happens with that. Practice five, practice six, we had pads on. Again, Zach was up and down, up and down. CJ Uzama starts shining. Sauce is showing off now with DJ Reed in the backfield. D-line is still killing it. That's one of the main narratives of, 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 of practice. We had then uh, practice seven and eight, and then nine going up into the uh, the green and white scrimmage. And like we said, in the green and white scrimmage, Zach Wilson did phenomenal. The offense, Elijah Moore just started shining during this time. He has been one of the best players in all camp. Really unstoppable out there. Even with DJ Reed, even with Sauce, he's breaking, breaking win. And then there's some superstar plays. I don't know if any one of you saw Zach Wilson go to the left when he did his pro day and he did that wind up throw. Yep. Deep 60 yard bomb to elijah moore all the beat was just sitting there like Whoa! you know what i'm saying and then let so here are the main people that you may not know who flashed in camp up to this point okay these are guys that i want you guys to take care of Keyshawn abram bradley and i 
Tyreek Black, Irvin Charles, Carl, Calvin Jackson, Zonovan Knight. Guys, could be the number three running back. Stay tuned on that. Uh, Kai Nuka, Will Parks, Tanzel Smart on the fist fight the other day, killing it. And Jabari Zuniga Keith with the sacks the last couple of days. And then today, Quinnen Williams has just been murdering it. And Zach has just been a superstar the last couple of camps. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Zach's trending upwards. Deep line is really killing it. You know, Conklin, tight ends. Brees Hall looks like an absolute menace. And uh, Beckton's down. So that's that's about it. Yeah, you know what, man? And that's such a tremendous, quick little overview of all the training game for all you guys, right? That Mike just went through. I give, Mike just gave you all the clip notes, everybody. So you don't have to follow. Mike has it for you. Don't even worry about it. We're here at AABG. And I want to throw one guy at you, Mike, that I think last year, heading into the year, we had some huge expectations for, considering what we thought that defense would look like. And that's Quentin Williams, who probably had, you know, by his own admission and his own standards, probably a down year last year kind of stats regressed a little bit and he's somebody that it seems like has come in motivated okay you guys can go take a look if you want google lake and tomlinson and quinn williams going up against each other in practice i mean these are two monsters colliding on the field this is like two grizzly bears or national geographic battling or two rams up there you see smashing their heads together and quinn williams said it's helping him improve lake and tomlinson said it's helping him improve and I think Quinnen's going to get back to that level. Mike, if Quinnen Williams is back to the level he played 2020 and JFM plays as good as he did last year and Carl Lawson provides the amount of QB pressures that we're hoping he does, okay? And our boy Johnson just goes out there and maybe he's out there situationally, right? But he goes out there and does his thing. Zuniga, I don't know what the story is with him. I, I had already written him off. Okay, he might. Is Zuniga going to be the saving grace of the 2020 draft class? Hopefully he will, guys. But out of all those guys, the person everyone's the most focused in on, Mike, is Zach, obviously. <clears throat> I know he was up and down a little bit. Then it seemed like he kind of got the groove here. And I don't know, last year, all at training camp, he was figuring it out. Went into the green and white scrimmage, didn't play that good. The year started off, didn't play that well. This year has a different feel to it. The team is better. The offensive line is better. Zach seems like he's picking things up faster. I'm a little, dis I'm a little discouraged the, the day after Beckton went down, which is yesterday. Me and Mike were talking, they had eight sacks on Zach. A couple sacks for your boy Martin. I know Quinnen got there, Zodiga got there. Not excited with that. Much better day for the offensive line today. Does seem like everyone's pulling in the right direction. And I know, I mean, coach speak is coach speak. But Salah does seem happy with the progress of the squad so far. And the place we are here right now with training camp. Heading into this first game versus the Eagles, Mike. It seems like everyone's where they need to be. Besides Becton, who was kind of a question mark anyway. We don't have any giant injuries to worry about right now, which is tremendous. We're getting to do fairly healthy so far. Let me knock on wood. Our boy Carl Lawson. I know he came back a few weeks ago, Mike. He's been flashing as well. Our boy Carl. So, I mean, I'm excited. The fact that Sauce and Brees have hit so quick, that's huge. That's what I want to hear. I know Brees Hall's a second-round pick. But like me and Mike have said a million times already, I kind of think that's going to be what we're running our offense through. Didn't have any down. He would play well, but you want to hear that. Elijah Moore is playing good. Um, it seems like all these young dudes are playing good. Jet fans, just so you know, ESPN put an article out this week. All 32 teams ranked, right, 25 and under talent level. Jets were number three in the NFL. Okay, so we have a good core, a good young core. It's good. It's, it's nice to feel the Jets have made a couple good drafts in a row, especially considering 2020 was such a disaster. Wook, just so you know, Giants were up there as well. They were ranked eighth. Throw you a little bone there, Wook. You guys have some good Hopefully. young 
you got some good young players as well. So that's tremendous, man. Camp's going good. We got the Eagle versus Jet game coming up. That's what we had to look forward to on Friday. Okay, you want to get into that right now, Mike? Hello? Yeah, no, we could definitely get into uh, what's going on with the Eagles and what we're looking to see. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, the first preseason game, now that we only have three, um, I thought my, last year when we had three preseason games and it switched to that, I thought they might take on more significance. But it seems like the first preseason game is just par for the course how it always has been, Mike. Starters will probably play the first quarter. Um, I heard Salah say there's going to be at least – oh, let me plug my computer in. Hold on a second. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Please Sorry about that, guys. New setup. All good. Plug the computer in. More like two percent, bro. Ultimate last second save. There it is. There it is. And we're good, <laughs> and we're back. Oh. Cool. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Sorry about that, boys. All good. Sorry about that, bro. I fucking new setup. I, I was not ready. If you didn't have the computer ready to go. All right, let me get back to this Eagle Jets shit. Here we go. All right. All right, Mike. So, Eagles Jets coming up on Friday, the first preseason game. We have been here chirping about these Jets since January, putting the work in, putting the shows in the past eight months, Mike, without a football game to talk about. Finally, we got a game. I know they're only going to be playing for the first quarter, the starters, but I could not be more hyped. I know the second and thirds are going to finish off the game. A lot of different things to look at insofar as those second and third units. And it'll all shake out on Friday. We'll see what happens. We don't really know what Salaza, what he's going to do with um, the playing time here. But I know the, fir the first unit should play the first quarter, two or three series at least. I want to kind of see here, Mike, some continuity on that offensive line. I don't know if they're going to have a right tackle in the building by that game. Okay, so let's see how this line looks because we were excited and hyped for the talent level this year of this offensive line. Then we just lost Becton, right? So things are going to be a little different now. I'm excited to see how Zach Wilson looks up against a real NFL defense trying to take his head off. I know the defensive calls in the preseason usually are not that crazy. But still, man, we want to see how he looks. want to see how Brees Hall looks. All these guys, we have so many young players. I'm excited to see what they look like out there, Mike. Jets, Eagles, Friday, the first time we get to see the new team on the field. 2022 officially kicking off mike are you hyped up are you ready and what are you looking for in this preseason game yeah i'm of course i'm super hyped There's a couple a couple of things i'm really going to be looking for one checking the offensive line checking who they got over there at right tackle left tackle i think once Dwayne brown comes in because i'm pretty confident we're going to be signing him they're going to move fant to the right and have Dwayne brown playing the left he was a pro bowl guard, uh left tackle uh, so I think that's what's going to end up happening there. So I'll be interested to see who they're going to start. Um, if they don't sign him by that time, I'm sure it'll be either Dogo or Mitchell, and both of them have been getting worked in camp. 
Um, I'm going to be looking at Carl Lawson. I'm going to want to see how he looks on the defensive line and uh, if he's going to play maybe a series or two. I'm sure that they want to bubble wrap him because of last year, but I think he'll be going out there and we'll be able to see what that young defensive line looks like. I know JJ has been doing his thing and Tanzel Smart and uh, Jonathan Marshall and that whole D-line, I would like to see uh, some success uh, stopping the ball and being able to hold um, the Eagles early. Um, I'm going to be looking at the linebackers and I, we haven't even talked about Quan Alexander um, adding him to the linebacking core, our weakest positional group on the New York Jets. I think Quan has been just a tremendous add and during camp they haven't been able to keep him off the field so he's going to be starting in that 4-2-5 set next to um, um, Mosley moving forward. Um, so I'm going to be looking to see that. Obviously I'm going to be looking at Sauce. I'm going to see if the bright lights look. His name is Sauce. He went, you know, number four overall. Um, he's going to have all eyes on him. And the thing and the narrative around him is he is not just, he's a good cocky. Okay. He, he takes the, 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 the demand of the starism and he, and he loves it and thrives in it. A lot of players don't like to do that. You know, you look at a guy like LeBron James, who was on the All-Star game, and uh, Kobe Bryant pretty much slapped the floor asking him to come play him, and he went and passed the ball off to Dwayne Wade. You know what I'm saying? Some people shy away from the, the highlights. But this guy seems to be like, you know, Kobe and Jordan and feeding off of it. So I'll be looking at that. And then obviously the biggest thing I'll be looking at is Mr. Zach Wilson. Move the offense for me. Show me that you uh, understand how to dump off the ball. Let me see you uh, get a couple of th first downs uh, right away. And, um, and I hope that Coach Sala takes the first team offense and first team defense, does just a few plays and then removes them so that we can try to stay as healthy as we can. We just lost our starting right tackle. So we're, we're kind of hurt right now. But those are a couple of things that I'm looking for, Keith in this Eagles game coming up. So wait, Mike, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, Keith, but Mike, you, what you're trying to see from, from Zach is that he needs to take that dump. Yes. If it's there, take that dump off. Take the dump off. Just drop That's that right it. off. Just drop it off to Brees <laughs> and just roll. Got it. Oh, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, last year it seemed like those easy passes were hard for him to complete for whatever reason. Uh, I know, <clears throat> Mike, one thing good thing you mentioned there was Quan Alexander, which we haven't had a chance to get to. I'm interested to see how he fits into this defense. I know um, linebacker obviously was by far our weakest position. Quan Alexander, he's had the injury issues. When he's on the field, though, he's always super productive. And this team last year, even with Quinn and even with Fatukowski in the middle, teams just ran the ball straight up the gut on us the whole entire season. We're going against the Eagles. They got Jalen Hurts. They have a tremendous run game. So that's a nice battle to take a look at. It's a microcosm maybe of how this year is going to go. Doesn't mean maybe play anything to how the year goes. You never know. But I really want to see how we stop the run or how we look against the run. Because last year teams, I mean, anytime teams needed um, three yards, they could just run it for, on us no problem. And it seemed like that was an issue the entire season. We could not stop the run. Teams, you know, pretty much dominated the clock on us the whole game. That also affected Zach Wilson. So, I mean, that's another place to look at. Quan Alexander, man, I mean, that's a nice addition to the squad. I like him and Mosley. Um, Quincy Williams out there now is kind of the guy who's the swing dude. Uh, that, that's probably a better spot for him. He played decent last year, but he's probably not someone you want playing all 16 games every single play. So, hey, man, I'm hyped. First game of the year, Mike, first preseason game. The following week, we have a Monday night game versus the Falcons. 
and then we finish off six days later this preseason against the Giants for that Ravens game. So it's coming fast and furious here, guys. The season's here. All right, now the Jets, you know, are we expecting us to win 10, 11 games, make the playoffs? No, we're not expecting it. But I will say this in our division, obviously we know the Bills are the class of the division, guys. No way to argue that. But another team in our division, New England Patriots, who a lot of people do like, have been not having the greatest of preseasons, Mike. Their quarterback, Mac Jones, who Mike is not a fan of. And a lot of people said, you know, he's good and he's a game manager quarterback. So someone with his accuracy and the way he plays coming in as a rookie, I'm not surprised going to that team. He maybe was one of the more successful rookies last year. That didn't really surprise me because of the way he plays. But I feel like he has a limited ceiling. The new offense he has there with McDaniels out of there seems to be befuddling him, Michael. And the reports coming out of New England, he looks like garbage. So far in the preseason, we haven't got a chance to talk about that, Mike. I just want to hear your opinions of that before we wrap the show up. McCorkle, how could you be? How could you be someone that's taken seriously with a name like that? I mean, you know, sometimes things happen. I don't know. So I saw a dude get struck by lightning twice on Facebook. I don't know. Things happen. You know what? He had a pretty good season last year, but he's McCorkle. He looks like powdered milk. He, you know, you look at him and it doesn't really exude greatness to me. Um, I don't know if you saw that throw today by Tua where they were saying oh, that he's boy. the most accurate um, quarterback in the <laughs> league. And, and I mean, he just threw this thing up. Nick, Nick. It I'm went, so glad I created I, I, it. I wish next time, next time I bring up something like this, I'm going to have the MP4 queued so we could all watch. I, I, I ask all our fans. Go on Twitter, go on Google, and just put in Brick Tua. Just do that, those two words, and you will see the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. He tried to hit, I, I forget, I don't know what receiver, but it just literally fluttered in the air and fell. I didn't even know what yeah. to say. And there's this guy on our chat. His name is Mike Milano. He is the most miserable Jet fan. Yeah, he's been on the and, show. Fans know him. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys know him. And he has Tua. He has two, and I feel bad posting stuff like that on our chat because in our dynasty league, that's his quarterback. So it hurts. I know it hurts, but I have to do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't mean it's not me. Be and Michael, if you're watching or listening, I'm not being mean. I just cannot look away from things like nah, that. So hard. the only one we have to really worry about, Keith, is Mr. Josh Allen. And um, again, they're calling him the best quarterback in the NFL. We'll find out. Mike, we'll another, find thing, out. another thing of note for all Jet fans or Patriot fans, you're not listening to the show, but just so Jet fans know, the people running the offense for the Patriots are Matt Patricia, fired coach from the Lions, who's the defensive coordinator his whole career, and Wookie, Joe Judge from the New York Giants. These are not people that are necessarily offensive gurus. A couple guys nope. that got canned from their previous jobs for doing an absolutely horrible job, and they were defensive coaches. So I just love to hear that the Patriots are in disarray. And when it comes to Tua, look, guys, me and Mike looked at Josh Allen and saw the inaccuracy, right? And historically, guys like him don't improve the way he did. He defied the odds. We were both wrong on Josh Allen. He's a great quarterback. We are not wrong on Tua. Tua is garbage. I'm yeah. putting, it, putting it in the books. He stinks. He's a game manager. He can't throw the ball more than 20 yards in a straight line where the ball starts fluttering. Okay. He will be the most the most heralded um, visitor to Los Huevos ever. 
Exactly. When it happens, and and I think it's coming sooner than later. His passes look like. Remember when we used to have those Nerf turbos? Yeah. But it, remember how sometimes like the end would get ripped off because it was Useless. like, just like, and you go to throw it, just fly, that's what his balls look like. I mean, right. check down City. You got Tyreek Hill, that's tremendous. You have Jalen Waddle, tremendous. But if you shrink the field enough, even as fast as those guys are, they're not going to be that effective. I'm sorry to say that. I mean, if you I, can't I, throw I, it over the top, why what why would a defense try to do anything besides take those two guys out of the out of the equation? Yeah, I mean, when you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs and you have to worry about Patrick Mahomes throwing a bomb down the field to Kelsey or Hill, you then you maybe you get caught out there with a bubble screen. When you play the Dolphins and their quarterback can't throw the ball, you're waiting for a bubble screen. Yeah, you're waiting for one of those shallow routes or the routes across the middle. I mean, I don't know. I'm no offensive or defensive guru myself, but I am encouraged by what I see from Mac Jones and what I see from Tua. I think that Zach Wilson's going to have a better year than both of those. Well, let me just say this other thing. Um, there also have been some clips about some receivers that are getting sailed on over there in Chicago, and uh, the beat has been asking what's going on over there and why are practices really stalling offensively for the Chicago Bears. And um, the second-year quarterback, Justin Fields, just um, gave a uh, saying, a comment on what's going on. He said, and I quote, I'm throwing to guys who wouldn't have made sixth string at Ohio State. That's the biggest adjustment. Is that what he Whoa. said? I sent it to Dan. I'll send it to you right now. I sent it to Dan. I, I couldn't even, I was laughing so hard. Dan was just like, well, Mooney, I'm, I'm Mooney's actually the put only in, person on that team that's a legitimate NFL wide receiver. Just, I'll put that out there it, too. But. I just put it in the chat. I just put it in the chat I so Milano sees that. it. I well, feel wait, bad. I don't know if I if I how I feel about that. I think I think the kids got testicles on them to say something like that, and you want to hear that more often from yeah. athletes. But that's nuts if he Yo, said but that. Like that that is some serious <laughs> fortitude to say that in your second year when you've only played ten games, and the ten games you played, you were pathetically garbage in. I mean, he was. Yeah. So, can I be honest? That's why. I know. I know, guys, um, and fans, if you guys want to, me and Keith, we're in a, and, and Wookie, we're in a Dynasty League. We're going to have a podcast about our Dynasty League here very shortly. And in that, I'm going to talk about some of my offensive, my moves in the offseason. One of them was I traded Justin Fields. One of the reasons why I changed to ju traded Justin Fields, not only because I was really scared about how he held onto the ball, was that the second game, or preseason game, I think it was, he made a comment, and I was like, oh, no. And he said, the game is completely slowing down. I'm seeing everything the way I know. And I'm like, yo, you don't know anything. Like, what do you mean the game is slowing down, Rook? You know what I'm saying? He has this, like, silent cockiness, which is kind of, I don't know. I'm not, I was scared of him. And my plan was always to trade him. And I traded him. And the guy I traded him, traded him. So, True. I mean that. That's hey, just what. I, and unfortunately, what everybody. Guys, I, had, in the I, had, man. I had Zach Wilson, and I'll admit, I think I made a mistake. I traded him. I think I made a mistake. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get into that on our SCFL podcast. That's going to be on another channel, guys. You guys can always tune into that. Me and Mike, aside from knowing a lot about the Jets and the Wookie, of course, the three of us do know a lot about fantasy football as well. Something else we're experts on. But guys, if you do want to, hopefully, the new platform, the new visual. Everybody likes 
Okay, this is the brainchild of Michael Agaris. Thing looks a little fresher. Like the scrolls on the bottom. In the future, we'll have a little bit more bells and whistles going. Some more videos for you guys. We got the beats bumping the whole. Instead of having to lay the beat under in post production, Mike, we just got it going the whole time. I'm sitting here yeah. listening to you. I'm just bumping to Dre the whole time. I know. I'm enjoying <laughs> very much as we go through. A little gangstar in the middle, mass appeal. 1991 oh, yeah. Gangstar GJ Premier. No big deal, guys. You know, me and Mike throwing it back to our youth. Wookie, you know that'd be too bright. Oh, my God. Um, The the heyday of hip-hop music, guys. Early 90s oh. to those mid-2000s. Every single beat that has ever been on this show for 100 and however many goddamn episodes we've done so far, I don't even remember, has been from that era. And now Mike yep. is to you in real time, Mike. I love it. If anyone does want to get at us, Mike, I know it's been scrolling on the bottom here, but for everybody listen to the pod in the digital sense, let them know where they can find us and support us. Well, guys, like you can see on the bottom, look, Ain't Easy Being Green. We're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. We're on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. That's right, guys. You can find us everywhere you can find your podcast. Guys, this is another great show. I want to thank you both again for hitting it out of the park. Um, that's about it, guys. So on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the greatest tight end in Maris football history, the Wookiee Nick Cronk, my name's Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Peace. Ooh. Good stuff. <laughs>